name's Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. I'm Hamad Zaidi, and I'm a disabled guy. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Hey, Jonathan, this week's forecast, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. It's cloud nine for most of the week with just a little sprinkles of limping. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I thought we'd do some fun, lighthearted, unique, weird stuff this week, if that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Cool, cool, cool. So today, I want to talk about the very first time I ever got hired to judge a film festival. Mm, that's cool. It's very cool, especially since it was in the amazing, incredible, unique city of... Drum roll. Sydney, Australia. Nice. It was awesome. It was great. All right. So let me first take you back to the summer of 1996. Okay. So my buddy Steve, and it's funny, I say Steve a lot because there's a lot of stories tied to my friend Steve. Yeah. But just to not confuse the listeners, there's two different Steves. Okay. Okay. This Steve is the one that I drove the Porsche with across the country. Ah, okay, okay, all right. Right? Yeah. So in the summer of 96, when I was in my second year of teaching the summer producers program at UCLA, Steve calls me and says, hey, man, as you know, I'm building the graduate producing school down here at Chapman University, down in Orange County, California. Okay. And he goes, do you mind if I come up and kind of pitch it to your UCLA students? And the UCLA class I was teaching in was not graduate school. I went to graduate school there, but I was teaching a summer course. Okay. So here's what happened. He comes in the class. He gives his pitch. He actually gets a couple people to go, and and they got their degrees down there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. But what wound up happening is at the end of class, Steve tells me, he goes, I am putting together a group of students to go to Sydney, Australia in January which is Sydney's summer. It's yeah. like July for them. Yeah. Would you like to go as a student advisor? And of course, Jonathan, I heard nothing past Sydney Australia. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I, he's like, hey, come on. I'm going to Sydney Australia. Yes. No, no. Let me tell you what it is. Yes. 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 Yeah. So my job was to be with about 20 students who were going to Sydney, Australia for a film festival. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I get I get my passport updated. I get everything ready to go. And then a few weeks later, Steve calls me and says, Hey, Hamad, I got some interesting news for you, man. They're inviting you to be on the jury. No kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. Man, I was so excited because I'd never, I'd, I had never judged a film festival before. I always wanted to go to Australia. It was a win-win. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, this was before you actually saw you went to the Olympic like the Olympics there. This was four years before. Yeah. No, three years before. We get on the plane and everyone's like, "It's going to be daunting. It's going to be a 13, 14 hour flight." And, and it was, but I got to tell you, man, I look at that differently, Jonathan. Talking to a stranger for at least four hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and then watching three movies, having two dinners, and I'm there. Right. <laughs> I go on the plane, and Steve says, hey, do you want to sit next to me? And I'm like, no, man. I actually want to sit next to some students. Because if if I'm going to be advising them or taking care of them or looking over them, I kind of need to know who they are. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So I sat next to these amazing students. Now, I didn't sit next to one person for 14 hours. What I did is I spent like 40, 45 minutes with a lot of them. Okay, yeah. 
You'd right. be kind of hopping back and forth between seats. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, instead of listing all their names off, I'll tell you three that I met with on the plane. Mm. Chris, who turned out to be an incredible, incredible photographer in, in later years. Judy, who was um, older. Older meaning she wasn't 18. Yeah. And Doug, who was a radiologist, already a radiologist, that wanted to go back to film school just to have fun. Oh, wow. Right? Okay. And, and to make some movies. Yeah. And, and those are the three that I really remembered because their their backstories were so unique. As we landed, I was super tired, and I was just hoping that security and, and customs would be okay with me. Yeah. And, man, just immediately, Jonathan, I mean, Australians are the nicest human beings on the planet. You know, Australians would give uh, – they give Canadians a run for their money as being I, the yeah. nicest, yeah, the no, nicest people in the world. Yeah. They, they really do. And I know you're originally Canadian, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't born there or anything, but I have uh, full-blown Canadian blood in me, so. There you go. Well, you know what? If, if you just like Canadians, you're Canadian, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so we get to customs, and they're like, what are you doing here? And I said, I just got hired to see a bunch of movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the guy at custom, he goes, what are you doing, Flicker Fest? And I'm like, yes. I am. And he goes, I love that festival. Maybe I'll see you there. Right. And immediately I thought, God, how cool is this city? How cool, <laughs> how cool is this country? Right. right. And so just to reiterate, the festival's name is Flickr Fest. Mm, mm. The festival itself, Jonathan, was on the sand on Bondi Beach. Wow. OK. And it's not like there was a big theater. You know, they made a theater inside of the community center, but a lot of the screenings were projected against the outside wall after dark. So people sat in the actual sand and watched the movies projected against the wall. Man, that's crazy. It was so cool, man. It was so incredibly cool. So... You know, we stayed on Bondi Beach, where it, which is B-O-N-D-I. And if you people that are listening out there look up Bondi Beach, it is frequently known as being one of the greatest, most cool beaches on planet Earth. Mm, mm. It is just incredible. And we stayed in this hotel. Okay. Which, <laughs> this is 21 years ago, right? Yeah. So it could have cha- it could have changed by now. Yeah, yeah. But back then... The whole bottom of the hotel was just an enormous bar. Oh, really? <laughs> just like a huge bar, right? Yeah. And I believe the drinking age in Australia at the time was 19. Yeah, yeah, I think it is something like that. And, man, I got to tell you, all of these kids, you know, the ones that were 18, 19? Yeah. Outside, outside of the three or four older ones? Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all getting smashed. Yeah, as much they're, as all like, possible, they're all right? like, woohoo, when in Rome. <laughs> right, exactly. They're like, hey. So they're just going nuts. It was so loud. You had to like that atmosphere or you would hate the trip. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't really sleep. You, right. You'd go to bed at night and it would just be loud because your, your, your room is above a bar. Yeah, I was just going to say you're right above everything. So, so there's really no point to, to go to sleep. <laughs> so... So one of the funny side stories is that Doug, the radiologist, yeah, he disappears, man. He's gone. What? <laughs> He's gone. He completely 
disappears. So no, like no one has any idea where he is. Nobody. And, and the first couple of days, it was kind of a funny joke because he wasn't like an eighteen-year-old kid. Right? right. Right. The first couple of days is like, well, Doug disappeared. Maybe he got an emergency back in America. He is a doctor. Right. Yeah. Maybe he had to fly home. No sign of him. Man. And it turned into this weird thing where we started to get really worried about the yeah, guy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I remember getting a calling card and running down to a payphone at the end of the block mm. and, and calling the United States. I called, you know, I called everybody, man. We actually called, like, the customs in Australia. No kidding. To see, see if he'd left the country, and he hadn't. So once we found out he didn't leave Australia, we're like, well, he's still here. So then, you know, the next thing we're thinking is, is he dead? Right? Um. Yeah, seriously, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And as I'm worrying about all this stuff, it's amazing when you go behind the curtain of how a jury decides a film festival. Mm, mm. Because you really start getting in some arguments. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, the jury members can be very opinionated. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, 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 you know, I was too. Yeah. And, you know, I'm telling you, the, the arguments and the discussions and deliberations with the jury, man, it went three, four days. Oh, man. <laughs> it was really nuts, man. You know, I remember most about that whole entire trip. Missing Doug? <laughs> missing Doug. Missing Doug was a really big one. But the other thing I remember most, man, and this was really kind of funny. You know what we did? Between the sessions, between the, the film screening sessions, mm. is the jury, all of us, as soon as a screening was over, we'd all run out to the water because it was already on the beach. Yeah. And we'd play in the ocean for like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and all these filmmakers, you know, here's the thing. Here's the reason I did it, and I can't speak for the other people on the jury. The reason I did it is... When I'm judging a festival, I don't want to have the filmmaker run up to me right after the screening and say, did you like my movie? Right, right. So if I really hated a movie and a filmmaker comes up and says, wasn't my movie the best? I might say, actually, it wasn't. Yeah. And that's not a nice thing to do, and I tend to be a nice guy. Yeah. So how many, how many like, a rough guesstimate, how many films did you have to watch? Oh, about 100, 150. Whew, man, no kidding. Uh, when you're watching that many films, you got to be alert and completely focused, and you got to ask yourself, was that film really that good, or were you just really tired and it was slightly above average? Because, like, if you saw, like, 30 really horrible ones in a row, and then you mm-hmm. saw one that, I mean, and maybe it's mediocre, but it just stood out, you know, above and, you know, above everything else, it would seem like it was, like, the greatest thing ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what? That I've I've been able and i've had the opportunity to judge uh, several film festivals over the years you know i love all of them the experience is always amazing well so, you know yeah so everyone's wondering though what whatever happened to doug oh okay so let me let me let me tell you that part of the story closing night we're deliberating we choose the winner and everyone's like what in the f happened to Doug? Yeah. Just check this out, Johnson. We were there for 18 days. 18 days. So he was there like the first day, second day, and then he was gone for like two weeks? 
No, he was gone. He was there only the first night that we were there. Oh, my Just goodness. The so he was almost gone three weeks. Well, he was gone for 16 days. Yeah. yeah two and a half weeks. Man. Right? And, it, you know, we it was one of those things where I was so worried about it that I stopped thinking about how worried I was about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Because I'm like, oh, my God, the guy's going to wind up dead. It is. It, this is not good. Steve and I are wondering what happened to Doug. Right. Yeah. And we're like, we're flying back to America tomorrow. What do we do? Yeah. And then and then what happens, man? Doug shows up. Come on. He does. <laughs> he shows up to the party. I believe in a tux. He looked very good. Who does he show up with, man? He shows up with a gorgeous 25, 26 year old young woman. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And an and Aussie, an Aussie. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think we found out what happened to Doug. <laughs> and, and so he tells us. He introduces me to her. She's a very pleasant woman. He tells me and and Steve and everyone else. He says, "Look, I met her the next day, the first day after the day we landed. Yeah. And I just realized she was the single most amazing woman I've ever met. And I left with her." Right. And then he tells us, by the way, I'm staying in Australia for six or seven weeks. Man, no kidding. And he stayed. And then when he came back, he brought her back as his wife. Man, that is that is crazy. Isn't that nuts? It is. And then so that was one part of the uh, of the student story. The. The other part is, check this out, Judy mm. and, and Chris, those two that went back to school to, to chase their passion in film, yeah. died. No way. Not on the trip. Not on the trip. Yeah, yeah. But they died. Oh, my goodness. And it was the strangest thing. Judy died, I think, of, um, you know, I, I probably shouldn't say what they died of, but Judy died maybe seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I heard she died, my first thought was, you know what? I'm really sad she's gone. She was such an amazingly beautiful and wonderful woman. Mm. But, but she chased her dream. Yeah. yeah. Later in life, she decided she wanted to go back to school to go to film school. She did. She graduated. She worked on projects. She was thriving. She was doing great. Yeah. yeah. And then three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, Chris called me and said, hey, man, I want to talk to you. And I said, yeah, sure. And he goes, you've always been a really good friend. You've always been open. You've always been caring. You've always listened to me. And I'm like, Chris, you're an amazing guy, man. And he goes, thanks. He goes, Hamad, I'm dying. And I'm like, oh, no. And, you know, me, the optimist, I'm like, no, you're not. Modern medicine's going to figure something out. You're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And he says, no, man, I'm not. I've got a very rare situation. I'm dead. And I just wanted to thank you, you know. And I wanted to get together with him. And I'm like, Chris, can we get together? I want to see you. I really want to see you. Yeah. Right? Because we used to have these three-hour lunches, and he was the first student that I sat next to. Yeah. uh, You know, on the plane. And I said, can I come down? He goes, well, I'm really sick. I, I said, man, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you look like. I want to come see my friend. Yeah. And he's, he's like, please let me get a little bit better. 
and then he died. Oh, man. You know? So it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Isn't it ironic that just by chance the three people I talked to most on the plane over were Judy, Chris, and Doug? Isn't that odd? It's odd to me. No, it is. Yeah, it is weird. You know, I mean, I mean, it's possible some other, you know, some things could have happened to those other kids, and you don't know just because you didn't, you know, you didn't like make this sort of connection. But yeah, true. That's I mean, I mean, I mean, it is crazy. You know, kind of crazy to kind of go three for three in that sense. <laughs> you know, like they all, yeah. they all had this these life changing moments. You know. Yeah, and you know, I actually think that. No, this is going to sound weird, so I won't say it. Okay. Or maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> I actually think, now how do I put this? I think I was put on this earth to connect with people. Mm. That's, the way, that's the way I'll put it. Mm. You know, I love my life. I love my wife. I love my daughters. I love my dog. And I love all my friends, including you, Jonathan. Thank you. I, I, me too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I really love my existence. And when I look at my life, I just think, you know, Maybe I was meant to meet the people that I met throughout my life mm. for for a reason. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not quite sure what that reason is, but there is a reason for it, I think. Totally. And I think that's kind of the journey in my life to figure out why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Definitely. You know, but you must have had an experience in your life at some point where you connected with somebody and then later on in life you realized, wow. So that's why I met this person. I mean, I definitely, I know, I I know everyone that I meet, whether it's for five minutes or for five years or fifty years, it's it's definitely all for some purpose. Um, can can I say one quick thing? Yeah. When I first met you, you would not openly tell people you were blind unless they asked, right? Exactly. And now you say it at the beginning of every single podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely helped me with uh, weird issues that I had with my disability. No, 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 and I'm not saying I helped you because you certainly helped me a lot too. But I'm just saying, when people connect with each other, the world opens up. Yeah, totally. In, in many, many, many ways. And I remember you didn't tell me you were blind until after, because we talked on the phone for several weeks when you were working on my company website. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I never would have known. And you know what? That is funny. He's laughing, but it's true. (laughs) Jonathan actually handles all of my company websites, all of my personal websites, the TV show that we're going to do together in the fall. He handles that. Yeah. He handles all, so yes, I have a blind man handling my websites, <laughs> including including the Olympian on Cloud Nine website. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. It was just I think you know t- talking to you. It's like you you totally like embraced your disability, and the way I always looked at mine, it was like it was this this negative thing because throughout my life it was it, it had always affected me negatively, like you know just people look at people with disabilities in a negative light sort of when it comes to certain things. And so I would always just, I wouldn't go out of my way to let people know that I was blind, you know, like, and, but after talking to you, I'm just like, man, you know, this guy, you know, he doesn't let, I mean, I don't let anything get in my way either, but you, you took it to a whole nother level. And so, well, no, I mean, but I took it to a whole nother level because I failed 97,328 <laughs> times, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the 42 podcasts that we've done so far, and I guess this one's 43. Yeah. 
these stories come after failing a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you got to keep yourself out there because if sure. you don't keep yourself out there, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, like, you know? yeah, like I said, you, you just, you, you've said this time and time and over and over and over again. It's who you are. Like, you know, your parents treat you like you're just this normal kid. Like even the, the, the episode the other day when you're like, why is everyone going nuts and cheering with, with me out in this court? And you're like, Oh wait a minute! It's because because of this disability, or you know, like you don't even re- recognize it, you know, and and like that's what's cool, like that, you know, that's what I'm I'm striving to do now is just like that. This is who I am. I mean, I always approached it that way, but uh, I can't I can't really explain it. I, I always no 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 no. I mean, you you have explained it, and I'll tell you this just to wrap up my end of that thought. Mm. I'm always eight to ten to fifteen minutes late to everything right <laughs> yeah if, if i could be born late i would have been <laughs> honest, right yeah but i gotta tell you when i show up seven minutes late to something yeah and and people haven't met me before and they're like oh my god what happened to you i'm like i'm sorry i left late <laughs> right <laughs> right and and i don't i don't realize that they're asking about the disability right right because it's not on my mind right right, right? I'm thinking they're asking about why I'm seven minutes late. Right. So I just think people should take the opportunities given to them, keep pushing forward, and basically live a life that you love. Because I will say this, I don't want this to happen, but if I die before our next podcast, just everybody know, I died a very, very happy man. Mm, mm. And I don't have to pay American Express anymore. (laughs) (laughs) On on that note. Shahina would have to deal with that. (laughs) On that note, I love everybody for listening. Jonathan, you want to take us home? Yeah, check out toysaccessible.com. It's it's a website that has toys um, specifically built for children with uh, various types of disabilities, autism, blind, deaf, low motor skills, all kinds of things like that, learning disabilities. And so if you have a loved one or you know someone that has a child that could benefit from this, these toys are built with their needs in mind, so check out toysaccessible.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, any other podcatcher that's out there. Thank you all for following us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, yeah, you can. We'll, we try to make us findable anywhere. And thank you all for listening, downloading, and we'll talk to you next episode. See ya.